When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Que sera, sera. Hello and welcome to You Were Going to Be Fantastic. My name is Jenny Ryan. I am very excited to have uh, with me today a friend of mine, Ryan Moccasin. Um, Ryan is someone who is relatively new to the podcast. I'm going to explain this to you, Ryan, as well as to the listeners. The way this works is I talk to people over 30. Um, You have to be 30 or up because people under 30 still have a chance to get their shit together but it's so basically it's people who are 30 or up and we talk about what you thought you were going to be when you were younger and then we talk about what happened en route to where you are now so ryan please tell me your age i am 31 years old okay you've just 31 seasons 31 seasons you've just snuck snuck in Mm -hmm. over the 30 okay great um, well, Ryan, why don't you tell me what it is that you do currently? What is your life? What is your like thing? The like snapshot your, of it. Yeah. Uh, well, right now I focus heavily on comedy writing, satirical news writing, um, less the performance side of stand-up comedy. I started in June of 2017, earnestly doing comedy, like to stand-up, but then I kind of took a little more to writing, so I started my own satirical news company with an indigenous perspective it's called the feather and that's been great so i'm currently working on a few videos producing for that writing monologues with danny knight who you had on the show yeah i did i did and sean cuthand another awesome comedian who's i'll have to have him next (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely have all three of us Um, all right and uh just writing just writing uh trying to do like script writing trying to learn how to do script writing novel writing but just trying to like branch out as a writer away from my nine to five job and what is your nine to five i i turn wrenches at a at a bot like at a car rental agency oh new vehicles so it's a blue collar job so it's pretty brainless what i do from nine to five so my mind is always turning and when i get home i just like gotta write it down you know right 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 yeah Okay, so when you were 17, 18, yeah. what did you think you'd be doing at 31? Well, when I was 17 or 18, I was just entering university. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you, you graduate around that time. So I wanted to go to university. I did go to university, and I had this idea on um, working as an engineer mm-hmm. for a car, car company or something like that. Um, and just going along, like working for a car company, like maybe the big three, Ford or Chev, or like making an electric car or something like that. I was quite nerdy growing up, right? Okay. Like coming out of like high school, I had all my maths, my calculus, physics, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So I thought, hey, I could do this, you know, I could make a career out of this, you know, just apply it to engineering. And then um, when I hit university, it was just like, boom, you know, this is really... Uh, a different way a different style of learning for me you know because in high school we didn't really have like the big auditoriums we didn't really have like the the structure that universities have you right know? so when I got into that I was like holy holy shit you know this yeah. is some really um, 
different way of learning. So I tried to apply myself. And then as university happened, um, it was like, hmm, maybe when I'm 30 years old, something else <laughs> will happen, you know, when I get there. So it was kind of like eye-opening, hitting the university scene when I got, when I was 17 or 18. So. so did you grow up in Saskatoon? No, I didn't. No, I grew up out of the city, closer to the North Battleford area, a small farming community that nobody has ever heard of. What's it called? It's called Sunningdale. Sunningdale? That's yeah. the cutest. Yeah, it, it does sound like a very, like, like house on a prairie. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Sunningdale. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, so, yeah, the school would have been small. Really small, yeah. Um, One-room schoolhouse, you rode horses to... Yeah, school. Rode, yeah, rode horses. Yeah, you so all took your lunches in little buckets because it was nineteen fifty-two. No, settlers' paradise. Yeah, yeah. Um, Amish paradise, basically. No, it was great. Uh, yeah, really small, small uh, town and small school, but uh, kind of all changed when we moved to the big city. Right. So, so did you? What do you went to Saskatoon for school for university? I did for university, yeah. yeah. And then it was overwhelming. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Of course, coming from you know, rural Saskatchewan to the urban setting and then you got to apply yourself to university too. Yeah. You know, you're getting pulled at different angles, right? All your senses are going like, oh, you can like city life too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, can I kind of throw you off your course? So you, did you <clears throat> complete any of it? Uh, no. Uh, I, well, I started in engineering. Yeah. Which first year engineering is just basic engineering. And, uh, they try to like weed out the weaklings and I was, <laughs> I was one of them. Um, so the second year I was in arts and science and I think I just took your basic, you know, like history classes and yeah. arts classes and stuff like that. And uh, after that I hit the workforce nine to five. So you did two years? I did two years, yeah. 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 The first time we're out. <gasps> Ooh, yes. okay. Yes. So, okay, you dropped out the first time. Yeah. And how did your, like, was your family, were they okay with it? Were they distressed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were okay with it. Uh, I grew up in a foster home. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was fostered growing up. So uh, In court, Sunningdale. In Sunningdale, yeah, yeah. So they were very supportive of anything, basically, you know. The, so are we talking foster family or like birth family with foster family yeah, right foster family. so were you with the same foster family the whole time i was yeah, yeah. that's nice yeah. i mean as if you must be fostered it's nice to be in a family it is yeah it adds some stability and some uh yeah yeah i like to be with this the same family that might be tossed around the whole system so yeah, yeah. oh wow the foster family in sunningdale mm-hmm. i feel like they all have freckles <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh I don't think they anybody had freckles out oh, there. Do you? Are so they were okay. You you were like ah, I'm gonna drop out, and they were like that's okay. Yeah, yeah. As long as they seen saw like a plan after it wasn't like I'm just gonna drop out and move back home. Right. <laughs> it was like right, I'm right, gonna right. drop out. I'm gonna hit the workforce and pay my rent. Everything's gonna be fine. And they're like, all right, you know, just keep in touch. You know. Okay. You say the workforce. What does that mean when you're 20 in Saskatoon? You're a young man. Yeah. What's the workforce? Uh basically just doing like a manual labor jobs anything that pays good really you know so when you're like a student life you're obviously broke so i wanted something that pays good and uh and uh kind of like hold me or like a placeholder until the next thing comes along so you're waiting for the next dream yeah exactly yeah i said well engineering none of that stuff really worked out so um 
And then I then about a year or two after that, I went to business college actually. Oh. Yeah. So, so whose idea was that? That was my idea because I had uh, I had an idea to start a few businesses. Okay, know? entrepreneurial so, spirit. Entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. So I'll go from engineering to that, you know, building a company and stuff like that. It was great. Uh, it was only like a one year course at Stuyen Business College, and uh, yeah, I actually made it through that one. So what what kind of business did you want to have? I wanted to start a record label because okay. at that time I was yeah. getting into music and okay. DJing. And uh, that's another thing too, like when I quit university the first time, I started uh, getting into producing music, started to under- connect with musicians. Is that because you were nerdy, but you wanted to play with the cool kids? And I you did, were like, exactly. the cool kids, that's yeah. That's the nerd part. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, I, I can, I'll produce your music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pushing up my glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me. Um, so, that's yeah. exactly what I would have done. So yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, that's a good. That's a fair assessment on how it actually was. But uh, yeah, so I was getting into music, and I really wanted to start like something of my own, kind of like be your own boss kind of attitude. So right. that entrepreneurial spirit. So yeah, that's what brought me to business college today. Okay, so at the time, were you you were still living in Saskatoon? Did you think about like leaving? Yeah, yeah, I want to go to uh, Toronto. I still do. But, uh, yeah, Toronto is somewhere, somewhere bigger, you know, because you get, like, a taste for Saskatoon coming from a rural setting. It's like, you know, a, a wolf getting a taste for blood, you know. I want <laughs> more. Where's the bigger city, well, right? And it's interesting because I think some people would have would move here and they'd be like, this is too scary. This is too big. There's yeah. too much going on. I want my tiny little town. And then they would go home. And then some people are like, this is the best. Give me more. Yeah. So yeah. you were more like, you wanted more. Yeah, yeah, it's the thrill of the hunt, I guess, so. Yeah, okay. So, um, what did you do with your, were you at this point living alone? Were you, like, single? Were you looking, at this point, were you like, I should settle down? Uh, no, never really. It it still hasn't crossed my mind, but um, uh, getting into music and DJing really takes you to, uh, it's really unstable, you know, because it's a nightlife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I got into DJing weddings and stuff like that. I worked for a few companies. What was your DJ name? It was actually Chief Beats. Chief Beats. Chief Beats, yeah. That's fun. Yeah, and it was, uh, I had my own logo and everything like that and had t-shirts. So was this like, because I'm assuming in business school they make you like write like a business plan? They do, yeah, they walk you you through it. Okay, and so you did Chief Beats was your... I did, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, okay. that That was the class project, so yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and so you were doing that? Yeah. And you me. were m- making music, make spinning tunes? Spinning beats, yeah. I went on this tour with this uh, vocalist in town here. Uh, we went out west to BC and Vancouver and stuff like that. So I got to taste that city, uh, the city life there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then eventually you... Uh, you know, like the whole industry changes. You get a you get a taste for how the industry is when you go out to a different city and see how it is for other people. Right. And so, just doing that and going out to other places, you realize that ah, this is a big industry. You know, and like you have to really bring something else to the table and apply yourself. And uh, so, I kind of like just coming back from those tours and stuff like that. I just kind of like reevaluated, like. What do I really want to do here? You know, where, where is this going to end music, you know? Like, and mm-hmm. for me, like, DJ-wise, right? Um, Which is interesting, because at this point, you were, what, like, 20? 
Mid twenties. Twenty five. Yeah. 25. I think a lot of people who are twenty five would be like, I'm just gonna ride this until it ends. And you were like, hmm, what's my? This was your business mind, your entrepreneurial. Like, what's the goal? Yeah. Like other people, I think that's where they wake up at forty and they're like, whoa, I just partied for twenty years. Exactly. Yeah, I've seen that. Like, you see a lot, a lot of that on the road. And you're like, I don't see this ending well for me. <laughs> you know, especially with the musician life on the road. Um. So, did I ever tell you my DJ name? No. If I was going to be a DJ, my DJ name would be DJ Spinster. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. And I would be, I would have glasses and a cardigan. And then somebody suggested I could have a backup cats and they would be the cat scratchers. The cat. (laughs) DJ Spinster and And the cat cat scratchers. scratchers. Yep. I love it. It's my next dream. What kind of music would you spin though? I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> do you just need a name? Yeah, you just need a name. Classical baroque music. Yeah, or something I don't like know. That. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just just single women. I'm only gonna play single women music. Single ladies by Beyonce. That's it. The only yeah. one. Um. Okay. So so your DJ. So your DJ name was Chief Beats. Yeah. Did you have like an indigenous spin on it? Like, did you try and like you said you did weddings? Like, did you did you not not like did you market yourself in a, to a particular kind of cultural experience or were you just like i'm gonna do whatever for whoever yeah the the latter of the two do whatever for whatever okay. yeah yeah do whatever but uh i i guess i did try to indigenize uh, of course chief beats the logo what i did was uh you know to identify with the indigenous culture is i took the washington redskins logo yeah and I just changed that to Chief Beats logo. Mm-hmm. And I had the, the, I don't know, the guy wearing a headdress. He's got headphones on. Oh, nice. Like so that. some reclaiming of I some rec- appropriation. I yeah. It. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So that's what I did with that. But as far as like indigenous content, like music wise, yeah. I didn't really focus on that. I just wanted to speak, you know, from, you know, what right. I'm, yeah, just kind of like from my angle, kind of like carve out your own identity with music. Right. So right. I didn't really like, way far into those waters right i dated a guy once who was cree and he was an artist and i remember him telling me that because he didn't paint like wolves and feathers he just painted whatever and i remember him telling me he was getting really frustrated because he would try to show and they'd be like well you're an indigenous artist why are you painting these like non and he's like because i'm an indigenous man (laughs) who is an artist and they don't have i don't have to make indigenous art yeah. to be an indigenous artist so I could see how I wonder if people would expect you to play like only particular kinds of art like music or whatever that's right yeah yeah I can see that his frustration coming from that angle you know like hey how where's your you know how can you not painting traditional stuff yeah 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 he's like I guess I would sell better if I was your stereotype that you wanted but yeah yeah and then that take I you know just like well what do you what do you want me? what kind of artist do you guys want me to be you know you're, you're not uh, listening to yourself, you're listening to the audience or your crowd at that point. Right, you know? right. Yeah. What was your um? What was your favorite kind of music to play? It was hip hop, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah hip hop is where uh, I made the music. Did like, originally? Uh, did hip hop go over well at weddings in small towns? <laughs> uh, no, that's basically country. See, that's why. Yeah. Why another reason why I dropped the DJ yeah. mantra or DJ. Uh, career because there's a lot of country music around Saskatoon right that doesn't really appeal to my senses so so you so you did that for a while you went to Vancouver you were like I'm gonna you had a vocal you toured the vocalist which would have been pretty that would have been really interesting yeah so you played like clubs and stuff 
We did, yeah, and, and, and little, uh, yeah, little venues and big venues. It was awesome. So for a while, that was going to be your plan. Yeah, I think being on the road turned me off too. Like, you know, interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> um, like I, 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 I like, of course, I like cities. You know, big cities, but uh, just always being on the road. Um, just trying to sell yourself out there just kind of like turned off that artistic side of it you know because mm-hmm. you don't really create when you're on the road I, but I understand like with comedy you know like it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's different you know mm-hmm. yeah so. so how did the folks at Sunnybrook Farm feel Sunny, about Sunningdale, Sunningdale. <laughs> how did they how did they feel about this were they like oh Ryan this uh, is a weird career because I feel like that would be very strange for for small I mean I don't know I I know very nothing nothing about small town life I don't know yeah. maybe they were like all DJs I don't know yeah. but. well no it's it's uh, yeah it's difficult to explain to them like hey I'm going on the road They're like oh what are you doing I'm playing music They're like oh okay so uh, country it's not music a nine, it's, yeah. not, it's not like a 9 to 5 or anything yeah. like that oh no it's not a 9 to 5 oh okay well it's kind of tough to explain them Right. it to them you know okay like how are you going to make money the truth is i don't know if it's going to make money <laughs> right, you know? right right yeah okay yeah. just gotta trust you yeah yeah just trust where this so okay so that you did that and now but you're not doing that anymore so when did you get the job um turning wrenches turning wrenches i don't i think that means you work on cars I, yeah yeah <laughs> I do oil changes at uh yeah uh the oil wrench guy um no i came back after doing that tour and i got this job doing a nine to five and um you keep in mind like throughout this whole time i always always like loved reading books you know okay even when i'm on the road or like even when i got i got that's funny because i never read growing up until mm-hmm. like, i was like 18 or 19 and i uh just started reading a lot you know do you remember what book did it for you it was uh this is controversial right now the indigenous community but it was a book by joseph boyd okay which three, one three day road that's a good book i know <laughs> yeah so when the news broke and like I controversy around, i was like no it's my favorite book i know yeah but i'll still read it in, in private just read it with a cover like a brown cover <laughs> like brown paper cover yeah so no one knows uh, yeah. what you're doing yeah so yeah it was just yeah that book really like drew me into yeah you know that well, it's, uh, a, it's a beautiful book it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah i, I Ever since then, I just kept reading. I don't know how I stumbled upon that book. I always thought it should be a movie. It should be a movie, but yeah, well, never now. It's never no, going to get never made now. Happen now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, what really got me into writing. Just reading a lot on. Interesting. Movie. So you hadn't been a writer as a kid. No, no. Were you in? A, were people like, "Oh, that Ryan, he's so imaginative." Uh, no, not really. No. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, like younger? Yeah, like when you were little or when you were growing um, up. No, not really. You were I the was, math kid. You were going to be an engineer. Yeah, yeah. There was... Huh. Yeah, I was just... Yeah, yeah. They didn't really... <clears throat> so you're... So you're reading books on tour. You're discovering more authors that you like. Mm-hmm. Did you... How did you find more books to read? Just online, like through Amazon and stuff like the, that. And I, the correct answer is the library, Ryan. And the library, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> Always the library. Right. Yeah. yeah. Really? No, I'm kidding. Like, did you actually use the library to find books? I'm all, I'm curious. I did. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so you were reading books and you're like, oh, so when did you start writing things? So you're working as an oil change guy. You're reading books. You've given up the dream of the DJ. 
what was your new because you seem like a guy who always has like okay now i'm gonna do this thing so what was gonna be the next thing i don't feel like you'd be content just being a royal trange guy no and reading so what was your plan i actually got into uh so the second time i was in university there we go there it is (laughs) um it was uh basically when i during like the starting of like actually djing and doing no during the end of it actually like when it was like pumping the brakes on it i started uh getting into uh media studies understanding like how media works and like tv and stuff like that and uh so i went back to university actually for a second time and i took sociology and just like did media studies and, and did stuff like that more like the uh analytical side of society sure to understand because i was reading like uh non-fiction books on history and like social issues mm-hmm. just on my own and then that got me into like Okay, and I'm trying to apply this to a formal education for a second time. You know, I took Native Studies. Uh, and this is back at the university. This is back at university, the University of Saskatchewan. Okay. So I tried a second time. And, did uh, you get to use your credits from before? No. Oh. No, no, I think I did, yeah. I, I hope I, so. I, yeah, I got to use, like, history and stuff like that. So, but not in the math, of course. Oh. But, uh, no, I got to use, like, chemistry and that stuff. So I had to take no sciences this time. Okay, now. good. So, so did you end up getting like a degree no <laughs> i quit university a second oh, time oh your poor family there is might, just like there, ryan yeah there might be a third time you know oh you're only 31 yeah you have lots of time fourth time fifth time you know but uh what did they say this time actually like you know you, you, you say like okay what are you going to do in university this time it's like well maybe maybe law school we'll mm-hmm. see you know and that got them all like oh. hot and bothered like oh you don't be a lawyer it's like whoa 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 <laughs> maybe okay maybe yeah were they yeah. like excited about you being a lawyer they were yeah, yeah they were so and um it was around this time that uh um yeah like just I, I learned in a different way like growing up like I took correspondence with math and stuff like that so there wasn't really a teacher like I kind of taught oh. myself that kind of stuff okay or one-on-one learning so again being like in a university setting mm-hmm. was off-putting to me again uh-huh. so I can do the work and stuff like that but uh, just being in a classroom it's I always I always compare it to like me like uh in education system I'm like a caveman in a pottery class right <laughs> I understand what you're doing up there right, right. you know but I'm going to like do it my own way it's not going to be as good but I'll understand it you right know? right yeah so uh, so I dropped out a second time um god I love making that uh, joke on stage because I always say that I fail native studies and it's always like it's allowed <laughs> and uh I say that I failed university twice and I also failed Native Studies twice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love saying that joke on stage. I feel like you could build in something about, well, this is, you know, going to go back a second, third time, like, you know, reconciliation, <laughs> something, get a, something about reconciling with your, I don't know. Yeah. Some truth and reconciliation joke. There's something there. But anyways, around this time, I was actually getting into uh, um, news journalism. Like okay. Actually, writing news pieces. So you were reading more nonfiction. You were like interested in nonfiction, and then you're reading things, and then you're like, oh, I could write this. So mm-hmm. you didn't try writing fiction first. No, I didn't. No. Oh, you went right to like just writing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh, cool hardcore stuff. Okay. Um, so I wrote uh, some news pieces for the Indigenous Times. 
Okay. And uh, I think they're still in circulation here in Saskatchewan. So yeah, it's basically an indigenous newspaper. Right. So, and I wrote a few articles for that, and uh, yeah, just always been writing ever since. So that kind of was the radioactive spider that started all. So now you are still working at the oil change place. Yeah. You've been there for like a long time. Oh yeah, long time. Yeah, close they mu- to ten, over ten years. Close <gasps> they to 10 must years. love you. They do. Yeah. So it's a good, uh, good job security. Okay. Yeah. And you've been working there, and now you're writing, and you've got the feather. Yeah. Would you go back to school and do like a journalism degree, or do you think they'd look at you and be like, "This is satire. Yeah. This is not journalism." Uh, no, I wouldn't. You would because wouldn't. the industry has changed so much. Right. Yeah. Um, if it was like old. Because, like, social media and everything has just changed. I just changed the landscape on right. every industry. Yeah. Especially journalism, you know, like clickbait articles. And you see weird headlines from CNN or yeah. BuzzFeed nowadays. Yeah. You're like, is that even news anymore? Yeah. You know? It seems more like entertainment. So so that would be kind of interesting if I went to back to school for that. So Would you go to school and do like would you do a blue collar like get a journeyman sort of thing if no. you if you wanted to do cars no like that's ship no, a sail. i have a plan so oh, here's, okay tell me your plan okay so here's the plan okay um i would love to continue writing okay um with comedy maybe like tv tv writing like script writing write a movie one day write a book one day like just to like prove to myself i can do that you know yeah and just become a good writer, continue to like work hard at it. Yep. And then once I find stability in that, I want to go back to university mm-hmm. again a third time. Yep. But this time I can promise myself I can get a science related degree. I oh. can do that. You know, that's still one of my first loves, you know? Okay. Like like math and like engineering, I still love all that stuff in the back of my mind. So eventually it's going to come full circle back to that, you know? Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So one day, maybe like a physics degree or something like that. Oh my goodness. So So you're going to do the feather for a while. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so you'll do the feather and then you're just going to be like, okay, now I'm done with this. I'm going to go be a scientist. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's Here's why. Here's my thing. We live in a world of opinion right now. You know, everything is opinion, the news, everything like that. Uh Uh-huh. Um, comedy is coming from a person's point of view and opinion. Yep. Every book, fiction, nonfiction, like it's tough to get away from it all. But the only place where it seems like there's not opinion is physics and science. Degree, science. You know? Yeah, because you're trying to find facts and truth. Well, some opinion. people out there would uh, argue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Science, yeah. science is a science is opinion. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that, but some yeah. people would. Um, yeah. So. Okay, well, that's really so. That's cool, and I wonder, like, have you told your family that your plan is ultimately to do this art thing for a while and then end up landing back to physics? Or no, I think science? I just surprised them. One, like, hey, I'm well, I'm a scientist now, you know. <laughs> Christmas seen you for ten years. Merry <laughs> Christmas! Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you see them very often? Like the I'm a, I'm I'm talking like foster family. Are they still like the people you go home to? Yeah, yeah, they're. Uh, I see them every week or so. Oh, wow. So, uh, still around town here. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. Do they still live in the tiny, sunny? They do. They still farm out there. Yeah. Oh. Freckles and all. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> um, that's fun. Oh, okay. So, for people who don't know, or actually, no, this is a question. Yeah. So, how did you go from, like, writing straight up news to satire? I loved 
watching The Daily Show with Jon Stewart mm-hmm. and the Stephen Colbert report. Did you watch? Yes. Any of it? Yeah. 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 I just love that part of uh, not uh, just like they're taking they're taking the truth and they're using it to poke fun at those in power. You know, I love that aspect of it, right? Especially during uh, uh, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert, and they talk about gun laws in the states. You know, right. I mean, from our perspective, it's just ridiculous. You know, what they like as from coming from like someone living in Canada, right? Yeah. Strict gun laws, and then you see what happens in the states. But those guys are living it. They're Americans, but they're also comedians. You know, right? So they're comedians first. And they're playing a role of a news reporter, mm-hmm. and they're making fun of like the whole system. And I love that part of it all. Right. So I applied paying attention to the news, like um, doing journalistic writing. And once I started doing comedy, it was just like, all right, now I want to like mend these two together. You know? So you, what <clears throat> made so you started being doing stand up before you started writing funny satire I did yeah, yeah and when what made you want to do stand-up uh it was basically watching uh yeah John Stewart and Stephen Colbert like they're the way they connect with audiences you know it's a good way to disarm the audience right. when you tell them jokes and then you could hit them with a fact or truth you know did you know anyone in the city who was doing stand-up it was Eric Bazawi actually oh really yeah, how did you know him I met him I he was probably one of the first guys I met moving to the city. Um, I met him through some friends, and we just hang. Yeah, I know James Bonzel and Eric Bazali for like twelve years now. Okay, so, two yeah. local uh, Saskatoon comedians. Exactly. If you, anyone is wondering who James and Eric are? Okay, well that's yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, so we write the satirical thing. Yeah. Uh, can you tell the listeners the Facebook story, or no? What Facebook story? How they contacted you. Who? Facebook contacted oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. talk about that? I don't even know. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Okay. So basically, we paint ourselves as a real news organization. So you're like the onion. We're so, like the onion. Okay. Yeah, the indigenous onion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the prairie onion. Okay. What's the Cree word for onion? I don't know. Are you Cree? Are you, are you, do you it's speak Cree? Are you Cree? No. Okay. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. No. That would be, that would be a great thing to, to, under, to know which... I don't know. Anyway, no, not that I want you to copy the onion, but anyway. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, so you have this news thing, and uh, you post things online. I do, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. But anyways, on Facebook is always interesting because people don't read the headlines, and they think it's real, and they just run with it. And you don't tell them otherwise, and you just run with it too, and it's hilarious. Um, so anyways, we sometimes we advertise news stories, these fake news stories on Facebook. Right. And... Uh, the marketing team from Facebook actually got reached out to me and they wanted to offer me some business tools and like analytical tools to help me with my business. And uh, they wanted to do a phone call. So I thought, oh, this sounds, this sounds awesome, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I took their phone call, just went over through Skype and uh, the guy, he was like, so what exactly like do you guys do? Like, what's this like? Oh, I just told him we're a news organization uh, with an indigenous slant. But I kind of like stayed away. I didn't tell him it was comedy at all. Yeah. And he started like, just like, okay, I've seen some of the past advertising campaigns you said. And he read some of our headlines. Yeah. And then he was like reading them on to me on the phone. And he's like, huh, 
That's interesting. So anyways, oh he, like it went way over his head. He didn't understand oh. it was satire. What? That's terrifying. Yeah. That is terrifying. I know. These are the people who run Facebook. And, <laughs> We're supposed uh, to be vetting this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So he gave me oh. some good tools on how to run the business better <laughs> as oh a real news organization. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. Wow. It either, it either speaks to their inability to understand the media or their inability to understand, like, to actually have any kind of indigenous knowledge if they're like Americans and they're like we yes. don't actually know what's really happening and so some of your headlines are so ridiculous yeah, yeah. but so they might be like well we don't know what this community is all about <clears throat> maybe this is legit yeah, I don't know exactly. maybe it was weird weird white guilt I don't know I don't know yeah the guy maybe he did understand he was like these guys are kind of weird we'll just give them what they want though but uh, yeah Facebook is an advertising company at its heart it's not a social media no. site it's an advertising for sure so obviously they're going to be ignorant of all that stuff yeah and i just played right into their hand yeah she give me all the tips you want that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah so here's a question i have so as dj chief beats mm-hmm. you did not um market yourself as an indigenous DJ, you were like, I'll play whatever for whoever, I'll play whatever I like. I, I don't have to be within. You're not gonna hire me to like yeah. do your event as like you know DJ beats being like cheap beats being like whatever indigenous representation necessarily in that way. Yeah. But yet the feather is like hundred yeah. percent. Very much about that story. So what is the difference? Like why is it not just a generic satire site? There's a. Uh... Um, but the goal, like of like uh, DJ Chief Beats, is basically just to get the name out there and become, you know, somewhat successful in the industry. But what the what's different this time is, uh, I kind of want to work closely with more indigenous people. Mm-hmm. It's in stark contrast to what they did with the music. You know, it's like I didn't really want it to be indigenous centered or indigenous focused. Mm-hmm. You know, but then after the music, I kind of started getting more into like reading social books and like indigenous issues and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I kind of like said well okay this these issues are really happening out here nobody's really um well people are talking about them right but nobody's coming at it like from a satirical news perspective right okay yeah yeah so i kind of applied that what i learned in between music and that okay so So you've you basically you see it as a social tool as a way to make change yeah and also like as a way to uh be my dream one day to have like in like a, a writer's room you know yeah not just indigenous people but like you know, good writers. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that's why we kind of try to focus on non-indigenous issues. The odd time we'll throw like an article out there that deals with like non-indigenous stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah just to keep, uh, just to, you know, piss other people off too. <laughs> so. Do you find people are excited about this? Like, do, are people, like it's the feather, I mean, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Or is it, is yeah. it getting some traction amongst people, do you think? It is. Yeah. I started last year May of 2018 mm-hmm. um, just on a WordPress blog and I just wrote a few articles and uh, uh, there's another satirical news site called Walkie Eagle News yes yeah yeah so they're kind of like the first ones to market with the satirical news with an indigenous mm-hmm. slant and they started about six months before we did so they had a bigger following and like a bigger you know piece of the pie so when I came along um, they were kind of an inspiration Right. Where are they out of? He's from Winnipeg. His name's Tim Fontaine. Have you guys talked at we all? We have, yeah, yeah. Not on the phone, but like we yeah. message each other, you know, give each other tips and stuff like that. 
Um, but uh, so he started it all six months before we did and I started his. And then he kind of uh, reached out by like retweeting our material or nice. posting our stuff, you know. That's good because I wondered if there was like competition between the two of you. And it's nice that you're just like collaborating and helping each other. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, That's so good. yeah, we kind of work together on it. It's a great site, so. That's cool. Yeah. And how do the the farm family feel about this? Uh, do they, they get it? They don't really. No, they. Don't, I haven't really told them anything about oh, it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So they think you're just living in the city, turning wrenches. Yeah, they do. <laughs> living in, yeah. A, in a sad little apartment by yourself. They don't yeah. know you have this whole other dream life. No, they don't. Yeah. So I'm going to surprise them one day with all the the, the uh, success, hopefully. But uh, yeah, they they know I do stand up comedy from time to time. Yeah. But they don't know about this other stuff. Do you think that they would find this weird? Is that why you're not telling them, or you just think they wouldn't care? I, I, I think I think they would care, but they wouldn't understand. You know, they'd yeah. be like, uh, "Well, hopefully it pays the bills." You know, that's right. at the end of the yeah. day, that's really what they care about. So and that you're happy. That, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Keep the uh, keep the Sunnydale people happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. they want they want you to be happy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yes, my father has never listened to anything, any stand-up, any improv, never listened to this thing, because he's like, well, I don't really need to, but I, it's fine that you're doing it, and I'm happy that you're happy. So, was, yeah. was he funny growing up, your parents? Were no. no. I mean, <laughs> they're not, I mean, my mother is extremely funny. Yeah. She's very funny. I think my dad enjoys my mother mm-hmm. being funny, but I don't know that he really, like, understands So have they jokes. gone to you, any of your shows then? No. Yeah. No. Well, they live in Ontario, so they don't. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But they're not. I like. I record myself sometimes, and I'm like, listen to this, and my dad's like, no, I don't really need to. I don't know that I want to. But yeah. He's happy that I'm doing it, so I think that that's what families are like. They don't need to understand what you're doing, but I think they want you to just be like, okay. Yeah. And so they're probably happy that you're okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. So what's, uh, what happens for the next 31 years? Like, well, okay, you've already told me. Like, it's 61, because this is the next question. At 62, yeah. is that when you're uh, a physicist? Yeah, I'm a physicist. Um, uh, hopefully, indigenous issues, I won't have to talk about them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That will all be solved. We will you be, know, yeah. We'll have food on the table, clean water. I don't have to make jokes about it anymore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so... 61 yeah just right off into the sunset you know um no I'd, I'd like to have like a few books written underneath my belt yeah like actual fiction books and so okay yeah writing like novels and stuff like that i think that'd be a good way to retire right you have all the time in the world sure just write some novels you know maybe start some write a bunch of science fiction novels and start a religion Wow, Scientology. there's a lot of um, aspects of your future. You're yeah. gonna be a physicist. You're gonna be a co-leader. co-leader yeah. You're gonna solve the drinking water problem on <laughs> reserves. This is exciting. Yeah. Um. So the last question I ask people. Yeah. Is when you were five, mm-hmm. what did you think you'd be doing as a grown-up? Basketball. Really? Yeah, I loved basketball when I was younger. Of course, I had hoop dreams. I had hoop dreams. You did. Yeah. Were you living on the farm at five? I was, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just remember watching, yeah, just watching basketball growing up, and I wanted to do that. Wow. But of course, uh, I didn't grow tall enough. You were so. not a tall man. No, no. Yeah. So I had to, you know, uh, put the shoes, you know, away. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Put away the put away the laces, and uh, yeah, no, I wanted to be basketball. Were you good at basketball? 
Uh, that's up for debate. <laughs> From, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I want to do something sports related. When I, of course, like when you're five, you, you want to do, you see whatever, you know, it's, of course, if you watch a lot of TV when you're younger, you're like, yeah, I want to do that, yeah. you know? Just, that's where kids get their, their fireman dreams from. You know, I was going to be a TV. dentist. Were you? Mm-hmm. Oh, right on. My mother told me, you my mother told me they made a lot of money. Really? I asked her. And that's I, what was I that? said, "What? What do you do?" Yep. And yeah. we, she's like, "I think we just like they just paid a dental bill or something." And so she's like, "Be a dentist." So I was. That's what I. I didn't really want to be a dentist. What I wanted was money. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So Brian, um, where can people find you and your work? Mainly the feather. www.thefeather.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, at The Feather News, and we're working on YouTube videos right now. Just look for The Feather on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, whoever's yelling at uh, Indigenous people online, we're probably there with them. Amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so much for talking to me. Awesome. Thanks Your for Your life this. is pretty great. Would you say it's fantastic? It is. Yeah, it's going great. Great. Yeah. Glad to hear it. I'm sure the the Sunny Brook Farm is pleased as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, that's been my interview with Ryan Moccasin. Thank you so much for listening. Um, there's a whole bunch of social media I remembered that we have. Um, I did not mention this on the last uh, episode. So if you want to find, you are going to be fantastic. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So um, it's you are going to be fantastic. And um, for Facebook and then for Instagram and Twitter, it's why no why how do we spell it's the first letter of every word <laughs> you why w um w g t b f yes <laughs> yes uh yeah that's us um anyway you can also listen to us on um stitcher itunes and soundcloud and I think I'm going to set up a Patreon account. Sure. Do you have one of those? We do for the feather. Okay, find the feather on Patreon and keep your eyes peeled for it. You're going to be fantastic there as well. Well, thank you very much, Ryan, and I'll see everybody later. What will be, will be.